Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news analysis and context from Taichung, Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. All right, up today on the show, a new poll shows that KMT continues to lose support. The 2020 People's Liberation Army Air Force incursions were the highest since 1996. But up first, Thai power to own up to losses at the fourth nuke plant. The Minister of Economic Affairs has announced that losses associated with the never-finished fourth nuclear power plant would be recognized by Taiwan Power Company, or Thai Power, after a referendum next year. Now, the Taipei Times is reporting the following. The losses associated with the ill-fated project are enormous. According to Thai Power's annual report, the costs associated with the power plant, including the transportation and disposal of the fuel rods, is 285 billion NT or 9.9 billion US, citing an unnamed source who is, quote, a senior member of the ministry, the Chinese language Liberty Times, which is the Taipei Times sister paper, yesterday, and that was the other day, reported that writing off the power plant would put the state-owned utility on the brink of bankruptcy. Thai power executives are taking the easy way out, but in the process, they are breaking the law, the source told the newspaper. Describing the power plant as too hot to handle, the source accused Thai power decision makers of hiding the loss as an ongoing construction and leaving the problem for their successors, the paper reported. All right. This entire project has been a disaster. It's been started, stopped, and started again. Years of litigation with a contractor, political infighting, and the discovery of indigenous artifacts on the site have repeatedly interfered with the project until it was finally abandoned and the fuel rods shipped back to the U.S. By one estimate I saw, it was 91% complete when finally shut down. Having planned for it to come online for a couple of years, Taiwan's reserve margins, or power, I should say, power reserve margins were low. And early in President Tsai's term, the power supply actually shut down briefly. Opponents to the power to the plant note that Thai power doesn't have a very good safety record, and the Fukushima disaster in Japan highlighted safety concerns. Taiwan is very seismically active and a potential target for tsunami. A new Taiwan Foundation for Democracy poll shows some interesting shifts in party support. The DPP remains the most popular party with 30.6% support. That's down 1.3% from November, which is essentially flat and roughly in the margin of error. The KMT, however, plunged 4.5% to just 16.7% support. Now, that is significant. And what could be behind the drop? Two possibilities. This could be an outline poll or the KMT's antics recently are turning people off. Throwing pig guts in the legislature over the lifting of the ban on importation of pork with traces of ractopamine comes to mind. It also suggests that the KMT's attempts to use ractopork as a wedge issue against the DPP isn't working. In spite of polling showing a majority of Taiwanese are against the lifting of the ban, which this poll showed 62.5% opposing, it clearly isn't translating into support for the KMT. This low showing in the polls is also very bad news for KMT Chair Johnny Chang and his reform agenda. 
It's clearly not translating into increased support for the party, which leaves him increasingly exposed in the run-up to the next party chair election in August. Now, as things stand, it looks like former chair Eric Chu, or Zuliluan, is the most likely next party chair. Though, if popular new Taipei mayor Hoyoi throws his hat into the ring, he'd have a strong chance. Another possibility is that former President Mainjo may make a run for the post. He's been quite active politically recently, though I'm unsure if that's to keep his base active so he retains influence in the party, or if he intends to return to the ring as party chair. Now, traditionally, the KMT party chair is the presumptive presidential candidate, although that was not the case in the last election. The next party chair will win a four-year term, and if the party does reasonably well in the local elections in 2022 and isn't forced to retire over a bad result, this person will likely be the party chair in 2023 and 2024 when the next presidential primaries and election will be held. Now, what's also interesting about the poll is that third parties showed increasing support. The Taiwan People's Party saw a sharp 5.1% jump. Now, that suggests that this isn't an outlying poll, because people abandoning the KMT would most likely migrate to the TPP. The TPP was also against lifting the ban on Rakdo pork, but were disdainful of the KMT's tactics. It's possible the issue helped the TPP, which took a more rational approach. The TPP now has 14.2% support, only 2.5% lower than the KMT. Now, that sounds like the TPP could be competitive against the KMT in the next local elections in 2022. That's possible, but in practice, the KMT has some serious advantages over the TPP. The KMT has a lot more politicians with name recognition, personal networks, and experience. Outside of the major cities, the KMT also has the support of most of the local patronage factions. Though they aren't as powerful as they once were, they can still sway a few percentage points in an election. If the TPP can poach more experienced politicians from the major parties, and it can get them get to work building up new ones between now and then, however, the TPP may become a serious player, but it's still an uphill battle. They've got two years to get it done, though. The new power party got a 1.1% bump to 7.1% support. The Taiwan State Building Party saw a 0.6% bump to 5% support. Both of those parties, which are strongly pro-Taiwan sovereignty, combined has support approaching both the TPP and the KMT. They won't merge, but it's possible they could cooperate by not running competing candidates. The category labeled other parties also saw growth of 0.7% to 2.9%. The poll also showed satisfaction with President Tsai has slid to 52.8%, which is still pretty high, but a far cry from the 65.8% she had in August and the 71.2% she had in May. The poll showed the president retained support in other areas, including 56% who supported her handling of cross-strait relations over the last year, 60% approved of her handling of foreign affairs, and 75% her handling of the pandemic. In 2020, Chinese military violated Taiwan's Air Defense Identification Zone, or ADIZ, more times than in any year since 1996, 
with a majority, 380, observed in the southwest corner of the ADIZ. Taiwan spent over $1 billion U.S. dollars last year flying sorties in response. Now, there are three theories as to why the PLA is doing this. One is to test Taiwan's responses and capabilities. Another is to wear down the Taiwanese Air Force, forcing frequent repairs, wearing out pilots, and forcing funds that might have gone elsewhere to cover this. There is also likely an intimidation and propaganda element to this, trying to create the image that China could easily take Taiwan and can act with impunity. That's for the PRC domestic audience, as well as for Taiwanese, but also could be aimed at deterring the U.S. and Japan from coming to Taiwan's aid should war break out. Now, by the way, 1996 was during the third Taiwan Strait crisis when the PLA was lobbing missiles off the coast in response to Taiwan's first free presidential election and a visit by President Lee Dong-hui to his alma mater, Cornell University, in the United States. It was a scary time with people stocking up on canned goods, rice and water, including me. Turns out Lee knew all along that the missiles weren't armed. All right, that's it for today's show. Be sure to hit like, subscribe, hit the bell on YouTube and all that good stuff. And of course, if you can, please sell your grandmother's jewelry and donate that to us here at Taiwan Report on on our Patreon. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw.